BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. My name's Hugh Atchison, and this is The Passenger from iHeartRadio. People ask me all the time because I travel a lot for work and being a chef and doing all these things, and I have a sort of wide range of interests, and people ask me every week, you know, what's that list of places to go in this city, in that city? Where's a good coffee shop? What's a good museum? So I've always doodled and created lists, and this show is dedicated to that idea, immersing yourself in that culture and finding out in a quick couple-day trip what's intriguing about that place and what resounds and where are they at and what we think about the future of that place as a visitor, as a passenger. And so this show's about that, where we'll talk about that place. Later in this episode, I'll talk to Chris Bilheimer of the Alamo Drafthouse. And I'll get feedback on what I've done and where I should have gone. It's a travel show. My name's Hugh Atchison. Let's do this. This episode's going to be about Austin, Texas. First time I was in Austin was a number of years ago. And we were filming a show for Top Chef. We're in... uh, in Texas for a long time, and we were in Austin for a while, and it was about 105 degrees, and everybody says Texas is dry. Austin's in central Texas. It's not dry there. It was kind of humid and really meltingly hot, but it is a great town full of really interesting things to do, and it's changed immensely even since that first visit. So let's go there. You know, to get there for me from Atlanta is an easy flight, Jump on a Delta flight, you're there in two hours. It's an hour earlier. And usually I rent a car because Austin, Austin's a big city now. Um, you know, when it was founded in 1839 and named after Stephen A. Austin, the sort of founder, father of Texas, um, the population was like 839 people. Now it's well over a million. And though I live in Athens, Georgia, I get the strange comparison of people saying that Austin's kind of like Athens. Austin is nothing like Athens. Athens is a small, great little town, but it is a very small collegiate town. Austin is a huge college town uh, with also huge employment from um, Dell and Apple and lots of tech companies and a lot of wealth. There is a wealth inequity there, and we'll talk about that later on in the show. But it is a really interesting place. But I do rent a car when I'm there because Austin is really good for barbecue. And barbecue is not always in the center of town. So when I'm traveling, even for three days, I usually rent a car to get around a little bit. So when I go and fly into Austin, get the rental car, and then I go to a hotel. I've stayed at many different hotels there. When we were filming Top Chef, we stayed at the Driscoll Hotel, which is notoriously haunted. And that's right on 6th Street downtown. A really old sort of uh, gothic almost building, kind of rambling building. Uh, inside, and it's a it's an interesting hotel. It's definitely one of the older, more uh, somewhat dated hotels. But 
and then the, I've stayed at the Lake Austin Spa and Resort, which is right on Lake Austin. Lake Austin is a sort of bulbous part of the the Colorado River, uh, just outside of town, and literally ten minutes outside of town. So it's really convenient place, and people go and powerboat and jet ski and swim and do all those stuff there. But the Lake Austin Spa is great. Uh, another newer hotel that I really like is called the Carpenter Hotel, which is an old school that was renovated into a hotel, and it's just across and just off Seth Congress as well, uh, just across the river on the south side. But my favorite uh, sort of ideas of different hotels really come from this amazing woman um, named Liz Lambert. She was having a drink and seeing a show at the Continental Club and walking across the street to a dilapidated uh, old motel called the Hotel San Jose and uh, finagling for a while and, and getting ownership of that and turning it into what is arguably one of the coolest motel hotels in the United States. Uh, from there, she opened the Hotel San Cecilia. Uh, she opened a number of other projects around Texas and is really branching out now. But the main uh, anchor of, of her company, which is called Bunkhouse Group, is in Austin. And Liz is just an amazing, forward-thinking um, hospitality person. And so the, the Hotel San Jose is amazing. So is the Hotel San Cecilia, which is much more high-end. But the San Jose is right on South Congress, and it's really amazing point of access to everything from that, from there. And you can easily just grab a bike and bike around the city, go over the river, and go to other parts of town really easily. That South Congress area is really vibrant and youthful. The university is across the river and north a little bit, um, just past downtown. Um, but the San Jose is, is uh, really a great vantage point. You know, back to Liz Lambert and the birth of hospitality of, of Bunkhouse Group, you could say that, uh, you know, Liz is, is really visionary. She uh, has done El Cosmico, which is this uh, amazingly interesting sort of trailer park and teepee hut stuff in, in West Texas and Marfa. Um, but then she's done uh, uh, an amazing hotel down in uh, San Antonio. And her vision is just such amazingly interesting spots. It's very independent. It's very individual. It's very stylized. And you order breakfast to be delivered to your room, say, at the Hotel San Jose, and it comes in this beautiful wooden box, and there's an egg salad sandwich and a thermos of coffee, and everything's laid out, and it's very stylized. And it's not absurdly expensive, but it's just one of those places where you, you, hospitality is just at the forefront. You see it it's like great restaurants. When we walk into them, you know it's going to be a great restaurant. There's just a vibe and a feeling, and that's what you when you walk into uh, Bunkhouse Group's properties, you feel that same way. So, highly recommend the Hotel San Jose, um, and highly recommend just just going to Austin and experiencing that type of place. went to a lot of coffee shops, and coffee culture there is really strong these days, but uh, Houndstooth has been around for a long time and really um, was really, I think, the first group to really do a number of great coffee shops in Austin, but it was great. A newer one called Figure Eight I really liked, uh, Merit Coffee, Better Half, Flat Track. Figure Eight was really great, roasting their own beans, bought some to go, uh, a Guatemalan Candelaria and a Ethiopian Zadamo. Uh, really wonderful stuff. Food-wise, you know, we'll talk about barbecue in a little bit, but uh, you wouldn't think that a landlocked center of Texas City would have a ton of amazing award-winning sushi, but Austin does. And uh, leading the pack is the sort of godfather of sushi in Austin, which is Uchi. And Uchi and Uchiko are just amazing legacy restaurants that are big and busy and bustling and pricey, but really good. Uh, another one that opened up a couple of years ago is called Otoko, uh, which is kind of like a uh, 20-course, uh, really stylized sushi meal, uh, really young, amazingly interesting chefs. I call it fancy hipster because it is. I went to a new place called Nixta Taqueria, which is fixed, fixates on um, nixtamalized corn and masa. 
uh, really artisanal corn, some really interesting legacy uh, corn use and and really proper sourcing of amazing corn types. But And their their tacos were amazing. I had a tuna tostada there that was out of this world. Suerte, uh, suerte which is very modern me- Mexican, um, has been great. Uh, went there a couple of visits ago, and it was uh, amazing. Olame, which is a southern restaurant that's upscale and was won a lot of awards, is doing amazing food still to this day. I have trouble equating Texas as part of the South, but I guess it is. I equate Houston as part of the South, but that's a very debatable thing. You can get with me on uh, Instagram and yell at me or Twitter. Uh, Veracruz All Natural, which has the most amazing migas uh, tacos, uh, breakfast tacos, and migas are like just gently scrambled egg with crisp tortilla crumbled into it and uh, onions and tomato and Monterey Jack, and that's all put on a warm tortilla, and you eat it with a number of salsas. And it's mind-blowingly good, uh, and that that's an amazing place. It's kind of almost a food truck with a couple of tables outside, but the uh, climate in Austin really uh, regales in a lot of outdoor dining and food truck scene. June's All Day, which is a beautifully simple place, but stunning and great food. Emmer and Rye, which I did a guest chefing event there a number of years ago, is a beautiful sort of high-end, um, and I would say it's beautifully complex. It's very, very complex food and very interesting. I went to a number of barbecue places there in the last few times I've been there. La Barbecue. Uh, which is amazing for brisket and Frito pie and, and really great sides. And it's right uh, in the, just across the river from the Hotel San Jose and sort of near just off downtown going into East Austin. And it, it, the long lines, but worth it. Amazing food, but go on a nice day because you're going to be waiting in the rain if not. Uh, Franklin Barbecue is the institution. Uh, what Aaron Franklin has done for the world of barbecue um, is just uh, amazing and can't, and can't be ever discounted as to how important and what a wonderful human Aaron is. Um, it, that's a once-in-a-lifetime place. You have to go to Franklin Barbecue sometime, but um, you have to be very patient because you're going to stand in line for like two and a half hours at the minimum. Just outside of town, and it's still in Austin, um, I was recommended by a friend of mine, Andy, Andy Thomas Lee, um, to go to Valentina's, and Valentina's Barbecue had amazing sliced brisket and charro beans and definitely Mexican-influenced uh, barbecue menu and culture. It's kind of a, a, an outdoor seating area. It's somewhat indoor, somewhat climatized eating area. It was rainy and kind of colder when I was there my last time when I went there. And it, But I was you know under a little heat lamp outside eating these brisket tacos and smoked carnitas tacos and a big slab of brisket as well and charro beans. Um, eating on a trip to Texas and eating a lot of barbecue is uh, uh, the need for naps will come up. So make sure you schedule that into your day. Smitty's Barbecue. My friend Rin Allen and I and her father went down to Smitty's, which is in Lockhart, just south of Austin. Um, old school place with this massive wood pile out back. And the 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 hearth room is just this like blackened, charred room, like a fire and uh, it, it's amazing to see. And then you walk into this, what ostensibly looks like a redone cafeteria on Main Street, and you walk up to the simple counter and make your order. And I had jalapeno sausage and brisket and potato salad and a cold beer. And it was the middle of the day, and it was amazing. I think the food culture in Austin is, has grown so much. Um, I, the, the best comparison I can have as a city is it there, and they're very different. Is probably Portland and Portland, Oregon, and Portland. In I think they revere food in both these cities, and we revere food in a lot of cities. But one of the things is they revere food at a good price point, and that's really indicated throughout and shown off throughout Austin's food scene. Um, there's a, a youthfulness to the food scene there that seems very independent and sort of fiercely so. Um, food trucks are really uh, reveled in and supported well. 
Um, I, back um, on my first trip years ago to Austin, I remember having some British fish and chips truck and eating them and thinking, this is the best fish and chips I've had. Why isn't it in Austin, Texas? It just struck me as strange at the time, but I think that there's a, a seriousness and professionalism to a food truck scene that's that's not seen many other places, but it is seen in Portland. Uh, I think that the the modern sort of use of Mexican-inspired dishes and Mexican heritage dishes is really interesting, and I think that places like Nixta Taqueria and Suerte are really showing that off. I think there's still that firm foothold on uh, Japanese cuisine uh, through so many places, um, but the ramen culture there is really, really strong as well. Um, but then, I, you know, at the base of this all, this fundamental foundation of barbecue culture um, that is just so amazing and has has shown that barbecue culture can be uh, a place of serious culinary uh, precision, I think in the case of Aaron Franklin, um, and a place of robust flavors, but that can adhere to historical norms and um, expectations, but still be pushing the boundaries. I think uh, what Valentina is doing with the adoption and uh, folding in of Mexico cultural heritage into barbecue is is so interesting. And then when you look at that that hope and then think of that morphing into uh, sort of more uh, coastal Mexican influences going into that with fish and barbecue, um, that there's really no vista that they're not going to really be able to comfortably get around and, and entertain, I think, in the food scene in Austin. Um, Austin is, is a big city, but you can get around without a car. Though I did rent one that was really ostensibly just to get out to places like Smitty's and Valentina's, which are not just on the, they're not on the beaten path. Um, but you can definitely walk there. Uh, I, I walk there a lot. And walking across the South Congress Bridge is a beautiful thing. The public library just on the north side of the South Congress Bridge is amazing. Um, I particularly love libraries, but uh, the Austin Public Library is is just stunning. Um, from... Austin, you really are, if if you wanted to extend a vacation within Texas, you're really not that far a drive from places like San Antonio uh, and Houston and then even up north to Dallas and Fort Worth. Uh, there is all the hill country uh, where Texas wine country is, uh, is right really next door, which is beautiful places to drive. Really, the only places that are really out of reach are going to be far west Texas, like Odessa, and then going to Marfa or way up north in Amarillo or way out west as, as in El Paso. Um, but there, it is it is a place that uh, I would just recommend uh, going to and, you know, renting a bike or borrowing a bike or getting out on foot and, and finding things. And again, the lists I come up with are a very brief little viewpoint of what's there and what's possible in Austin. I'm Hugh Atchison, and you're listening to The Passenger from iHeartRadio. When we come back, we'll keep Austin weird. Plus, I'll talk to Chris Bilheimer of the Alamo Drafthouse. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. 
smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. I'm Hugh Atchison, and this is The Passenger. There's some great bars there, and the scene there is really fun. Uh, Whistler's and the Roosevelt Room and then the Continental Club. I was staying at the Hotel San Jose recently and walked across the street to the Continental Club, and I'd, I'd been there for already one night but missed the show the night before, unfortunately, and that's because it was James McMurtry, which there's so many things identifiable as Texan, but the McMurtry family is de- Definitively Texan, um, and James is this is is the son uh, of Larry McMurtry, who wrote Lonesome Dove and uh, is, was a bookstore owner for a long time, but an amazing author. Um, and James is this folk country uh, musician who's who's really uber lauded and really interesting. His son is now a musician as well. Um, but the Continental Club is kind of a an old venue that's been around for a really long time. It's uh, to me is is definitely a Texas bar, uh, and it's a great place for seeing live music. So, And it's literally right across the street from the Hotel San Jose. Uh, there's a Daniel Johnston mural that's really famous. The musician, uh, sort of sketch artist Daniel Johnston is the Hi, How Are You mural. Uh, if you can go and find that, you should. Austin is just, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting place. I think it's going through a lot of change right now, uh, as we can see from, you know, in the uh, j- just under 200 years of its, of its history, it's um, increased its population by many, 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 many fold. Um, but the arts culture is really strong. There's an amazing museum there uh, called the Blanton Museum that has uh, the uh, permanent installation of El- Ellsworth Kelly's Austin is what the art installation is called, and it's, it's a chapel that Ellsworth Kelly, the visual artist, actually designed this chap, chapel and architecturally designed it, and the light comes through these colored windows and sort of projects onto the floor naturally, and, and so it's a stone building, um, and it's got a sort of totem wood sculpture, and then it's got these beautiful black and white marble panels inside, and then this light coming in through these windows, and it is, uh, if you want a sense of uh, wonderment and sort of uh, calm, uh, it's it's that. I'm a particularly huge Ellsworth Kelly fan otherwise, and so to see this for the first time was pretty revelatory. Um, he wanted a space of calm and light, and his, uh, the lights association in that building is just is so important. And and such a it's it's such an amazing space to go to. It's a it's sort of atheistic worship in so many ways. You know, I think that the the, the history um, um, of Texas is really interesting, and then the the point at which we look at the intersection of music and politics, and and all these things, and how cities grow, and then economies folded into that, has resulted in this. It's Austin is known as being like Athens, Georgia, or Atlanta, a liberal dot in a rep- Republican state, and they hold on to that very closely. Right now, they're going through a big uh, sort of battle with the governor of Texas, Abbott, on homelessness. 
And, uh, you know, the governor wants to crack down on homelessness in, in Austin, and Austinites really want to protect the, the, the homeless and make sure they're cared for. So it's a really interesting thing as, as, a, as an idea. And then, uh, you know, Austin is a sanctuary city in a, in a, in a state that uh, is definitely not that way. But it's it's a really interesting place to go to, and I think uh, and musically it's um, amazing. And there's some festivals there that are really good for that, and most notably South by Southwest, which I've never been to, so I can't really speak to. But I grew up listening to a lot of Jimmy Del Gilmore and other uh, Texas musicians who really sing about Texas, uh, and then you know reading a lot of Cormac McCarthy and things like that. And so then when you go there. And you look through that prism, you see all that stuff. You see a city in Austin that's changed immensely but still holds on to this history so strongly. Um, the uh, largest employers there are people like HEB, which is the grocery store chain. Uh, but then Apple is hugely huge, uh, massive employer there, and Dell Computer, Samsung, IBM, Amazon. So... You know, that has obviously impacted so many things. So the cost of living there, I think, is uh, definitely a little uh, a little more expensive than a lot of other cities. So Austin's got this slogan. It was actually coined only in 2000. It seems like it was totally timeless and it's been around for eons, but it's not. And it was coined by a librarian named Red Wasnich. And Wasnich was making a donation to KUT, the local NPR affiliate. And so he's, he's making a donation. He's asked why he's making it. And he says, well, it's to keep Austin weird. And really, it's become through advertising and marketing a, a thing about support of small business. Uh, but it was really more just off the cuff. And uh, he eventually made a bunch of bumper stickers and things like that. And, and then it, it went down in, in history. Uh, but it's got, a, it's got a beautiful sort of eh, mystique about it. It's a little abstract in, in its core meaning but i think it's a it's a lasting mantra so you know what let's keep austin weird on the phone with me now is chris bilheimer chris is a graphic designer um, he's done a lot of very famous album covers for bands like R.E.M., who he worked for for a long time, and Green Day, uh, the famous Neutral Milk Hotel album cover, which I think is my favorite album cover you've ever done, Chris. Chris is in Austin. Thanks. How are you, Chris? Uh, I'm doing well, Hugh. How are you doing? I'm good. How long ago did you move from Athens, Georgia to Austin, Texas? Uh, I think uh, just a little over 10 years ago. And... And how are you liking it? Um, it's been it's been a fantastic move. You know, when we we kind of just came here, having never been here, just to sort of visit and check it out. And it there were so many similarities to Athens. Just uh, it was a bigger version, but it, just a college town. It had a nice laid back vibe, and uh, just music and art. And uh, about ten years ago, it seemed like the food scene was just starting to to get going and it just uh it just felt really good the the food scene there and now is uh to me i always equate it to it's one of the most wonderful food scenes because it's actually not it's not uber expensive um there's a lot of choices and really fair price points and it means yeah. that people just go out to eat a lot um so yeah. if somebody's coming from visiting from athens or uh, friends or family from out of town where would you and your your dear wife go for dinner and take them? Um, it kind of, you know, it, you have to make the decision. Are you going to go high or low? Um, we uh, usually will uh, start low and hit some food trucks just because, you know, in Athens there weren't any. And so it's really kind of a, you know, a fun, different thing to just be able to go to a food truck. And so uh, our usual... Um, Haunts are the uh, Veracruz, uh, which we uh, just amazing tacos, especially the Migas tacos. That's actually where we had breakfast uh, this morning. <laughs> I think when I'm in Austin, I try and eat breakfast there every day I can because they really are the best breakfast tacos ever. 
So good. So good. At least once or twice a week. And then, um, you know, any of the Eastside King uh, food trucks are uh, always really just fun and, and different. Um, and then, you know, if we're going to try and do something uh, fancier, uh, one of our favorite places is called Intero. I think it's been around for about two years. Um, and uh, I'm just really just blown away by how sort of inventive, uh, how things can be kind of simple and complex and inventive at the same time. And uh, just really love that place. And um, also been going to the uh, Carpenter Hall, which is part of a, a newish hotel here. Uh, just the over, the food's great, and the overall vibe of the whole place is just fantastic. So those those have been our recent uh, kind of places to show off when people are visiting. That's a really cool hotel. It's kind of the the old redo of that school and the gymnasium and stuff. Yeah, it's it's kind of a wild place. Yeah. And yeah, the the food at Carpenter Hall is really good. Uh, Andrew Knowlton, who used to work at Bon Appetit, and I guess he still sort of does, was uh, really charged with, you know, I think, curating all the food and stuff there. So he did a really good job. So, you know, yeah. film in Austin seems to be, a, a, you know, a completely constant thing that uh, good film emanates from there and from UT and Slacker and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, do you see it in, in the culture? Does it play through? Because I know you're a big film person. Yeah, well, uh, especially being that the last five years I've been the uh, creative director for the Alamo Draft House, uh, which I don't know if you've ever been, but uh, I have it's, been, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's so you know, it started for people who don't know. It started in Austin a little over twenty years ago uh, by a couple named Tim and Carrie League. Uh, they bought a. Uh, movie theater in uh out in california out in the middle of nowhere and it uh did not do well so they packed the projector and all the seats into a van and drove it to austin and uh opened up a little theater where tim ran the projector and his wife uh ran out and cooked food and drinks and they just had a bunch of couches and it just was you know a very low-key uh food and drink theater uh, and over the last 20 years, it's now, uh, over 40 theaters across the country. Uh, we should probably have 50 in the next year or two. And, um, it's just grown into this huge culture, uh, around just showing movies. They have, uh, a film archive where they're preserving vintage 35 millimeter films. They have a art wing called Mondo where they, uh, license and create new art for uh, old films. Uh, they have a magazine where they write about films. Um, they have a film festival. Uh, there's just so much uh, that the Alamo does outside of just showing movies. And uh, that, so I'm, I'm, I am neck deep yeah. <laughs> in film here. Do you uh, think at, that at the uh, as they grow so much, can it, can it still reflect that Austin vibe in another city halfway across the country? That is, that is the eternal battle. And that is something that uh, we are constantly uh, trying to be aware of. And uh, it's, it is tough. It's tough to grow and, uh, you know, create uh, a corporate structure when none of you want to have a corporate structure <laughs> and create, uh, you know, the sort of, uh, oh, I can't think of the word, <laughs> uh, which by the way is called anomia is the, uh, you can think of that word, but not the word. Yeah, exactly. A, yeah. Course. I understand these creation of machinations and efficiencies that you have to have in a growing business. Does that take away from the Austin angle of what really, Genesis Alamo in the beginning. That's really interesting. Yeah, it is something that we focus on and, and work hard at, but it, it's not it's not an easy thing. And I can see why so often businesses get big and lose their charm. And that's something we fight against every day. What are common misconceptions about Austin? We see like on the news now, we see a lot of 
Uh, there's a lot of homeless issues with tent camps and then the governor of Texas trying to plow through them and, you know, basically up upend a bunch of people who are just trying to, um, you know, live life. And But then Austin, like Athens, seems to be this more of a liberal, more democratic blue dot in a pretty big red sea. So apart from yeah. that, and is that a real issue? Are we seeing that? I mean, is that the news that talked about there? Or what are the big issues in, in Austin these days? Um, you know, the, um, the homeless issue is definitely, you know, it's becoming, it's, it's sort of been moved into the forefront. Um, and you know, uh, the Alamo's offices used to be, uh, downtown on, on dirty sixth street. And, you know, we were right in the middle of it every day and, you know, you could see what a, a problem it was. And, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, you, you brought up uh, the governor and how there there is a real uh, adversarial relationship, to put it uh, to put it mildly, of the the conservative uh, government tr- constantly fighting with with Austin's more liberal policies. Uh, you know, we uh, banned plastic bags at grocery stores, and then the state said you can't do that, and then uh, we kicked. Uber and Lyft out of Austin because they wouldn't background check their drivers. And then the state said, you can't do that. And so there's, there's a very adversarial relationship where uh, the state's trying to push back on our own policies. But, you know, coming from Athens, which was a very blue dot inside a red state, and then coming here, it felt very normal. You're at home again. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's what's interesting is is Dallas and Houston and San Antonio are shifting more and more blue, as we're seeing across the country, where so much seems to be becoming more city versus country. And uh, I have no idea how that's going to play out, but it's a, it is, it's the dynamic here is, I feel, is playing out in a lot of places. Yeah, I think it is. Um, every time I go to Austin, I'm just surprised that even, you know, I can go there once a year for the last 10 years, and I once spent like three weeks there uh, shooting TV stuff. It, but every time I've gone, it's just the number of cranes and the number of buildings being built, it's just, it's kind of whack how quickly it's growing. And so, you know, that's really affects housing prices and the ability to people to be there and, and retain that sort of cultural basis that they, they've created over the last 50 years. So yeah. since you've moved there in the last 10 years, what's, what's the biggest change that you've seen? I, I think exactly what you're saying. I, you know, about two years ago, Hillary and I were sitting at a red light next to downtown with a view of downtown and we counted 13 construction cranes. Um, and so, uh, we've been joking that the slogan should be welcome to Austin. The right lane is closed. Uh, cause it's just the, the construction and the growth has been really disrupting and, uh, it, it has changed the culture and the culture has, uh, we're, we're seeing it change in real time and it, it is, it's distressing, you know, parts of it are, parts of it are good and, you know, I'm not anti-growth at all, but you know, there's, there is a pretty serious downside and we're watching some of it happen, you know, as we speak. Right. So if, if you're tasked with living up to the motto, how do you keep Austin weird? Oh gosh. Uh, man, if I knew the answer to that, um, it's, you know, uh, it's something I've been thinking a lot about, especially, you know, working with the film and the arts and the music communities, how, uh, one of the key things that I don't think anyone really puts the pieces together is uh, the link between creativity and cheap rent. Uh, you have to give people a place to just fuck around and uh, not have to make, you know, $2,000 a month to pay their rent. You know, it, it's, it's when people have the space physically the space and then like economically and emotionally the space to not freak out about paying their bills that they have time to, you know, 
come up with a really stupid, awesome idea. Yeah. And you used to be able to do that here. And it's, it's that has, has gone away. And, you know, I've just been wanting to go to the city and ask, do you have any empty buildings that you're not using? We can put a bunch of weirdos in. And they and probably do. That's the thing. We just don't, we don't I tackle know. these problems in the right way. But, you know, yeah. I, I really did. I've had some great experiences recently in Austin and, and mostly just that Hillsworth Kelly exhibit and the chapel is just mind blowingly interesting. So, mm-hmm. And the, and the, mm-hmm. the river, and it's just such a, it's, it is a city that's got such great things and the food scene is so good. So, I think you found a good place. So, uh, other, yeah. what's the, you're not, are you a barbecue guy? Uh, you don't really I eat am, much red but meat, but you, you eat a lot yeah, of chicken. Yeah. You do. Okay. I, good. <laughs> you just eat a lot of chicken. For, for people who are listening, uh, Hugh catered, uh, Hillary and I's wedding and yes. was, uh, chicken, chick, chicken and biscuits, chicken and biscuits. Um, <laughs> um you know, I, I do, I do the barbecue, not, uh, you know, uh, several times a year kind of thing. I, I can't do it too often. Um, but you know, there's something that we always say here that even if you go to the sixth best barbecue place in town, you're still getting incredibly good barbecue. So I, I don't pay attention to the barbecue wars too much because no, I don't, I don't there's think no it's point. It's more. always good. Yeah. I went to yeah. Valentina's. I don't know if you've been there, mm-hmm. but it was it was sensational. Kind of more Mexican inspired yeah. barbecue and uh, tacos and stuff, and it, it was really badass. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, but there's always a new place, and that's the great thing. But then you can drive down to Lubbock and go to Smitty's and places like that that are so interesting. So it is a good place to be and a good place to eat. Well, Chris, yeah. thanks for yeah. uh, thanks for answering my questions about the city you now call home. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I hope to hope to see you face to face here in town soon. We'll come to Austin. We'll go get me this. Uh, excellent. It's a it's a deal. I'm Hugh Atchison. You're listening to The Passenger from iHeartRadio. We'll be back after this quick break. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. I'm Hugh Atchison. This is The Passenger. One good way to prepare for a trip beyond packing your suitcase is through media. And for some recommendations, I'm going to hand it over to Jordan Runtog. 
is a former music editor of People Magazine at VH1.com and regular contributor at Rolling Stone and Entertainment Weekly. With over 100 venues showcasing every conceivable kind of music, Austin, Texas has earned its nickname the live music capital of the world. These days, millions flock to the city each year to catch their favorite bands and exciting up-and-comers at festivals like South by Southwest and Austin City Limits. But a century ago, you had to head to local beer gardens to hear live music. Austin has long been a cradle of the blues, rock, and country, but what we really think of as the Austin sound exploded in the early 1970s when Willie Nelson moved to town. Yes, you know Willie Nelson, but it's important to note that this is a pre-beard, pre-long hair, and probably pre-weed Willie Nelson. Now, Nashville was definitely hip. Heck, Bob Dylan recorded Blonde on Blonde there in 1966, but it was not very progressive musically or politically at that time. The Nashville Cats operated within a strict musical framework and didn't know what to make of Willie's unusual blend of country, jazz, and folk influences. It's crazy to think now, but Willie arrived in Austin intending to retire from music. But then he visited Austin's flagship rock venue, the incredibly named Armadillo World Headquarters, and he was completely knocked out by what he heard. Austin embraced Willie and his music, and he returned to recording, kicking off a string of classic albums that have become central pillars of alternative country. Redheaded Stranger, Stardust, Always On My Mind. He's still close to the Austin scene, spending much of his time at his ranch a short drive outside of town. So if you're coming to Austin, play a little Willie. There's so many to choose from, but today I'm going to go with his cover of Lefty Frizzell's If You've Got the Money, I've Got the Time. If you run short of money, then I'll run short of time. If you got no more money, honey, I'll no more time. If you got... You know, one of the reasons I travel, one of the reasons I make these lists is I try and figure out if my center point is where I'm going to lay my head at night. I'm looking for radiuses around there in walking distance, or some are going to be a drive. And I just want to do the due diligence to figure out where I want to go. I want to get out on my feet. I want to wander a little bit. I remember walking across the bridge from the Hotel San Jose when I was sitting there one time and trying to hunt down a great coffee shop, and I found Houndstooth Coffee, which was great. Had a coffee there and walked back and slowly walked across the bridge and looked at the water and the people paddleboarding and canoeing and kayaking, and it was a Saturday, and it was kind of bustling out there, and walked by um, the Continental Club, and uh, just on the east side of South Congress, and um, just sort of past where the Hotel San Jose was on the other side of the street, and I was just getting back with my coffee and wandering around, and I saw James McMurtry's name on that poster, and it just reminded me of First, I thought it was his dad, Larry McMurtry, who's the writer. And I remember watching Lonesome Dove, which was, had been sort of partitioned up into a miniseries on one of the major networks before, way before Netflix and all these other things existed. And I remember watching it with my grandmother in, in Florida at her house over the course of a number of, of episodes. And it's kind of like his mini-movie series that ended up being like 12 hours long. And it was, it was amazing writing and interesting, but it, it really was my first introduction to Texas. I think we'd driven across Texas and, and seen many things, but it was just this moment of seeing this McMurtry name, not really tying it in that it was James, son of Larry, um, dad of Chase, and really not about writing, but it was still definitely about Texas because James McMurtry sings songs about a Texas that's gone away in a lot of ways. Maybe it's still retained. His latest album has a, the first song. It basically starts with a line about don't yell at me when I'm cleaning my gun, um, which seems so Texas. Not sure if it seems so Austin. Because Austin seems to be this glimmering light in a sort of tumbleweed state, this uh, sort of newfangled shiny object trying to hold on to a lot of past stuff. I think the McMurtrys are doing that. Listening to The Passenger. 
This is a production of iHeartRadio created by Hugh Atchison and Christopher Hasiotis. We're produced and edited by Mike Johns. Our researcher is Jesslyn Shields. And Christopher Hasiotis is our executive producer. Special thanks to Gabrielle Collins, Crystal Waters, and the rest of the crew. If you like The Passenger, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people like you find the show. If you're a local and you want to let me know what I missed and where I should go on my next visit, or if you've recently been a passenger like me and want to share your experience, hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Hugh Atchison. Next time on The Passenger, we'll look past the potatoes and find out what makes Boise, Idaho a fascinating international city. That is an archaic Prohibition-era law in Idaho. <laughs> um, Deep-fried steak and naked women do not mix. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, use the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks for listening. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.